This is Project Keto, a podcast that teaches the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eat keto long-term. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. I'm your host, Madeline Hewitt. Let's jump right in. This is Season 1, Episode 3, and today's topic is fats. You'll learn why you should be eating fats, signs that you're not eating enough fat, which fats you should or shouldn't eat, and some ideas for how to get more fat into your diet. Last week we talked all about insulin and blood sugar, and if you don't feel like you have mastered that information yet, I recommend going back and re-listening to that episode a few more times, and even practice reciting a lot of the information out loud, as if you're teaching it to your friends or your pets or just some imaginary person in the room. I bring this up because a lot of people do skip over really mastering the insulin and blood sugar topic. And it's because it's not typically a very fun one. It's not very easy to get for a lot of people. And so it's it's natural to just sort of skip over that. But then I see a lot of people struggling with keto, you know, out months into their journey. And it's because they haven't really gotten these concepts down yet. So feel free to just stop and go back or finish the episode today and go back and listen to all of them as many times as you need. But if you feel like you've really gotten that insulin and blood sugar information down, then you are ready for episode three, all about fats. Now, I'm just feeling so inspired and invigorated today because I started my morning by actually teaching a live nutrition class. It was all about cellular hydration and Uh, fluids in and outside of your cells. We talked a lot about inflammation and food sensitivities and salt and minerals and detox and all kinds of different things. And none of that really has to do with today's topic, but I just wanted to say I'm just feeling so inspired by all of you that I've met and that I've talked to and that I teach in my classes or I have in private appointments. And then even all of you that I'm now meeting on the internet through this podcast, it's just amazing to hear from you and to hear your comments and your questions. And I'm just so uh, inspired is the best word. And if I haven't heard from you, I would just love for you to reach out on Instagram or write a review in Apple Podcasts. It's really easy to rate and review the show in the Apple Podcasts app. And when you do that, It makes a huge difference in the success of the show. And if the show continues to be successful and to reach a lot of people, then I can continue to put it out there and keep making content for months or years or who knows, maybe forever. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, then don't worry, this podcast will be put on other platforms as soon as possible. But you can also reach out to me on Instagram at uh, Project Keto Podcast, all one word on Instagram. You can tag me in your posts. You can write me a message. You can comment on my posts any way you want. Just reach out. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know what you're implementing from the show. And I'd love to hear your questions as well. So let's just jump right into our topic of fats. The biggest mistake I see in the keto space is people starting out on this plan and not adding in enough fat into their meals. So maybe they've taken out a bunch of carbs, taken out a bunch of junk food and sugar, and then they're left with these plain dry vegetables and meat, 
and I hear two things from most people. One, their food tastes really bland and boring. Two, they're hungry all the time and they're not feeling satisfied. So some more detailed signs that you're not eating enough fat would be if you're having sugar and carb cravings. So if you've cut out those foods but you're still really craving them, one answer might be that you need some more fat. Another answer would be if you need snacks all the time. If you can't go completely without snacks or beverages other than water between your meals, you are probably not eating enough fat or possibly you're not eating enough food in general. Another reason why you might need more fat is if your vegetables don't taste good. If they're bland, if they're boring, if they're unsatisfying, if they're just kind of unpleasant, it's most likely that there's not enough fat. If you're just hungry all the time, you wake up, you're starving, you go to bed, you're starving, you're just hungry, hungry, hungry all day, probably not enough fat. Another reason, if you're measuring your blood sugars and your blood sugars are consistently high or you're still on the blood sugar roller coaster, you might still be eating too many carbs and not enough fat. And then the last reason we'll discuss today would be if you're struggling to get into ketosis. So this would be people who are measuring their ketones and you see that you're not getting into ketosis, you might not be eating enough fat. Now you can't tell if you're in ketosis or not unless you measure. And I'm a big uh, supporter of measuring by blood and not by urine. Blood or breath would be the best choices. We will be having an entire episode all about how to tell if you're in ketosis and how to measure your ketones. So don't worry right now if you don't know what I'm talking about, about measuring. You're not really supposed to understand that yet. That's going to come later and pretty soon. The following list are all of the fats that everybody should be avoiding completely. And if it was just up to you, you would never consume these fats again corn oil, cottonseed oil, soybean oil, safflower oil, rapeseed oil, grapeseed oil, vegetable oil, hydrogenated oils, partially hydrogenated oils, trans fats, canola oil, shortening, margarine, and roasted nuts. There's more bad fats out there, but those ones are some of the most common ones that you would find. You would find these fats in chips, crackers, cookies, baked goods, peanut butter, mayo, baby formula, fast food, restaurant food, fried food, conventionally raised meat, salad dressings, prepared foods, and so much more. If you think about how somebody would process these oils to even get them into an oil form, it's pretty clear that you probably shouldn't be eating them. Like take for example corn oil. Can you imagine what it would take to get a drop of oil out of a kernel of corn? I mean that would take a lot of high heat, a lot of processing and chemicals, and it would completely adulterate the corn. So you don't even have to understand biology or chemistry or food science or anything to intuitively know that your body doesn't like fake foods or adulterated foods. Yes, you can survive by eating them, 
No, you might not notice a problem right when you consume them. But in general, those oils are not going to work for your body and they are very inflammatory. Anyone who's working on decreasing inflammation would take this very serious. Now the good fats. Some of the good fats out there would be coconut oil, coconut butter, cacao butter, pasture butter, that's butter from 100% grass-fed cows, or ghee, olive oil, avocado oil, palm oil, lard from pastured pigs or bacon fat, chicken fat from pastured chickens, tallow from 100% grass-fed beef or lamb, avocados, and olives. You would look for organic, raw, non-GMO, unflavored, and it should be stored in a dark glass container if possible. Don't purchase oils in huge quantities in light, clear colored plastic bottles. Those are just set up to become rancid very quickly. And then never allow your oils to smoke or splatter while cooking or to turn black. That means that the fat has been damaged and you should throw it out. All of those oils that I mentioned work really well with cooking except for olive oil and avocado oil. Don't put those oils on the stove or in the oven or in the microwave. Just reserve avocado and olive oil to drizzle on your food or to put on salad or on your vegetables after you've cooked them. Otherwise, your um, olive oil or avocado oil will become damaged and inflammatory and now you're just wasting your money by purchasing those and using them in that way. Now some ideas for getting in more fat in your day would be to make shakes. Maybe you already make protein shakes or maybe that's brand new to you, but either way you should definitely have fat in your shakes. Coconut milk from the can, that goes great in a shake, especially to replace yogurt. Avocados can work well with shakes and so can MCT oil, which I haven't mentioned yet. MCT oil stands for medium chain triglycerides. It's a wonderful fat to start to encourage your body to get into ketosis and to burn fat effectively. And it's also a very large topic and today is not gonna be the day to master your understanding of MCT oil. So if MCT oil is all new to you, maybe don't implement it right this second and wait for a future episode. But if you already know what that is, great, keep up using it. Just be careful if you're starting out with MCT oil because if you use too much, you can get pretty bad diarrhea or bloating or gas and some people even feel like their brain is just wired or they feel an excessively rapid heartbeat and it's hard to sleep. So if you experience any of those symptoms, that's just a sign that you're having too much MCT oil for your body. And most people need to begin with about a half of a teaspoon a day and slowly increase to as much as they want in the future. Another way to get in fat is to cook your vegetables in fat. So cook it in butter, ghee, coconut oil, palm oil, or animal fats. Um, any of those fats go really well on the stove or with, for roasting in the oven. Or if you're having um, steamed vegetables, maybe you drizzle them with olive oil or avocado oil or melt butter on them or coconut oil once they're done being steamed. You know that you're getting in enough fat on your vegetables 
if you have the two signs I'm about to say. One, if you're satisfied with your meal. Like if you finish, you're satiated, and you can go for a couple of hours without snacking. Two, if you love the way that your vegetables taste. If your vegetables are dry and bland and boring and you don't like eating them, you probably are not putting enough fat on your vegetables. Now, I've had one or two people completely misinterpret what I'm saying and tell me that they put cups, like literally measuring cups full of oil on their plate to the point where the oil was spilling over the edge and it was like gobs of oil everywhere. And then they feel really sick from eating that. That is not what I'm talking about, and I don't think anybody in the keto world recommends that. It's not that you're supposed to gorge yourself on oil or force it down your throat. That's too much. You just have enough that your your vegetables or your meat or your meals are very, very satisfying, and it feels indulgent, it feels decadent, it feels rich. It might feel even fancy for some people who are really used to eating dry, boring, bland food. And I've met so many people who come to me and they tell me they hate vegetables and they can't eat them or their husband or their kids hate vegetables. And then I find out it's because they're serving them oversteamed, squishy, stinky, overdone green beans or broccoli or you know something like that with nothing on it. Nobody likes that. So if you think that's what vegetables are supposed to be like, you are missing out big time. So you might need to do some more learning about cooking or just stick with the podcast and keep picking up on these tips about how to make your vegetables taste good. But in general, if you just put more butter on, you'll probably like it and you'll probably feel more satisfied. You can also add olives or avocados to your meals. So even a half of an avocado, or for some people, a whole avocado with their meal really helps them to get into ketosis, or maybe a handful of olives or a quarter cup of olives, something like that. Now you can also make fat bombs. Today I won't be going into great detail about recipes for fat bombs, but you can stay in touch on Instagram and I'll probably have some recipes about that up soon in the future. But fat bombs are little desserts that you would make with real foods, mostly fats, and sweeteners like monk fruit or stevia. So they are like little desserts, little treats for you that are healthy and high in fat and low in carbs and typically lower in protein. Fat bombs make a great dessert or they make a great snack if you still are unable to get off of snacks and you need a little bit more support for your day. So that's all for today. That's everything that you need to know to get started on fats. Remember that in reality, there's way more information that you might need to know than just what we've talked about in the last couple of minutes. But if this is all new for you, it can be overwhelming and you just need to take it one step at a time. For anybody who's feeling fear about increasing fats, just remember a couple things. One, you could just try this for a day or two or three. See how you feel. And if you feel better, you know it's probably working for you. If you feel worse and you, you know, all your nightmares come true, like you gain 10 pounds in a day 
and you become super unhappy and everything goes downhill from increasing your fats, you know that it's not for you. And I say this a little bit as a joke because I know a lot of people out there are so afraid to increase fats. But if you do it for a day or two or three and it's not going to work out for you, you haven't wrecked your life. All you've done is a little experiment on your body. Every single person I know that's implemented this as an experiment in doubt has come back to me and told me that they love the way they feel, their sugar cravings have stopped, they feel and look less puffy all over, they can think clearer, they're not as moody, they sleep better, and they're just happier. So I do suggest that you go out there and use this as an experiment if you're at all doubtful. Now, if you're afraid of this concept of inflammation, like inflammation in your arteries from eating too much fat, then go back to last week's episode about insulin and blood sugar, and you need to review that again. And remember, the recipe for inflammation is what? Think to yourself, can you remember from last week? There was three ingredients for the recipe for inflammation. If you want to have a quiz, pause right now because I'm about to say it. Okay, here it is. One, high triglycerides. Two, high fasting insulin level. Three, chronically high blood sugar. All of those things come from eating too many carbs and sugar. Those conditions do not come from eating too much fat. So if you're worried about the inflammation, go back and review last week's episode start implementing this week's good fats to help to decrease the inflammation. And that's all for today. Stay in touch on Instagram or on Facebook at Project Keto Podcast. The show notes for today are at www.projectketopodcast.com. And if you want to get ahead, go ahead and order your Keto Mojo. There's a link for 15% off your Keto Mojo kit on the show notes page and also in the bio in the Instagram page. And the Keto Mojo is the little device that will measure your blood ketones and your blood sugar. It's something that you can do at home every day and it makes a dramatic difference in your ability to know if you're in ketosis or not. Typically, you can't really feel if you're in ketosis for the most part. But that's all for now. Have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll catch you next time. 